This is Harry Murray at Murray's Fly Shop in Edinburgh, Virginia. Let's do our podcast for April, both in the trout and the smallmouth bass. I'm going to do the trout section first. The month of April, many people feel, is the finest month for trout fishing for wild trout. The mountain streams actually have three hatches. The Eplis pluralis, which in old names we used to call it the Quill Gordon. The second one is the Blue Quill. The third one is the March Brown, or if you want to use the bug name, it's the uh, Stenonym of Icarium. So you've got the Eplis pluralis coming off, you've got the March Brown coming off, and you've got the, the uh, Blue Quill coming off. Now, let me tell you a little bit about each of these because each of them may call for a different type tactic and a different type fly. The Eplis pluralis, the old Quill Gordon, those flies have actually been hatching for about two weeks, but they'll be on for another, oh, they'll be on most of, of this month. An interesting thing about this, when this nymph moves, comes ready to come to the surface, he moves to the lower part of that riffle, he pops his wings underwater, then he comes to the surface with his wings popped out, he floats around on the surface, heads for the trees, stays there for two days, comes back, lays eggs, and then we have the adult emerging fly and adult laying eggs. Now I match both of those with the Mr. Rapidan dry fly in about a size 14. That is an excellent hatch. The hatch is frequently so heavy on the stream that I actually don't cast till I see the rising fish. The heaviest hatch I've ever seen in the Shenandoah National Park was on that fly. I'm not going to say exactly which stream, but it has a long southern exposure, which is good for the bugs. There's no doubt in my mind, at that sunset evening, I had over a thousand duns and spinners in the air. The fishing was simply fantastic. So look out for them. You'll see them. You'll know them when you see them fish that i probably go to 6x but now you could fish it on 5x but either 5x or 6x and you can cover the water or you can fish to rising fish now the second fly that comes over is that blue quill now that little guy is very fragile he's a size 16 but it's a very fragile fly and he's on probably the last three weeks of this month on a cold morning the water is warm enough to encourage them to hatch. However, they are slow in getting their wings out. Often, if the air is cold and the water is cool, they cannot dry their wings adequately to fly off the stream and go over to the trees to shed their skin and come back as spinners. Now, what happens when they're, when they're that cold, they can't get the wings popped out, they'll get shunted over to the side of the stream in a back eddy the size of your automobile steering wheel. It's, I have actually seen maybe a dozen, 15, riding round and around and around in those back eddies, trying to get their wings dried off 
to come out of there and fly away. Now, when that happens, the trout move over under those back eddies and sip them in and sip them in and sip them in. The fly that I have really had success on there is the blue quill nymph in a size 16. When I realize those adults are locked into those back eddies and the fish are feeding on them, I'll go to that dry nymph, put dry fly floating on that, dry fly floating on the leader, and go one-on-one -on -one with them back there, and you can get some very exciting fishing. Now, the... When the wing, I've been in a situation, which hopefully we don't encounter often, but I've had them pop their wings, but they're really not strong enough to fly away, so they'll get pushed over against the bank, the dry bank on the side, and they will actually walk out onto the ground, still their wings aren't good enough to fly them up into the trees. I've seen them so thick along the side of the stream that when I was walking up to the next pool, the next pool, I'd have to be very careful where I stepped so I wouldn't step on them. So the blue quill, the hatch is warm, the day is warm, all that. Put on a blue quill uh, 16 on a 6X and you'll get fantastic fishing. It's a heavy hatch, but it's not as heavy as the Epis pluralis. Now, the third one we have coming is that March Brown. I match him with a standard Mr. Rapidan parachute, Mr. Rapidan dry, not the parachute, but the regular. That's a little bit bigger in tie than the parachute but i do use a 14 if you go to 12 you're going to get too many refusals so just forget about that but the mr rapidan standard dry in size 14 will take march brown feeders fly after fly after fly now those march browns can play a tricky game Many of them live in the center of the stream, the center of the riffles, in some fairly heavy water, deep water, maybe deep water in the middle of the pool. They make a mini migration over toward the bank to hatch out. Now, they're going to hatch out in the stream, but they like that little bit calmer water, and we'll say water a foot deep, along the bank. So they make their mini migration in the nymph form over there, and they pop their they they will come to the top as a nymph and pop their wings on the surface entirely different from the quill gordon that we mentioned now they these trout see these fish moving they uh, see the mayflies moving over to the side they will actually move over and feed often on the march brown nymph underwater it will trick you because you'll see the rise form, you'll see the commotion, and you'll just tell yourself, I know they're over there working on the dries, when actually they are taking the nymph on his way to get out of there. Probably the best thing to do on that is put on that Mr. Rapidan 14 dry fly, run about a 16-inch dropper off there, and maybe probably a 6-inch six 6X dropper, and put a Mr. Rapidan brown soft tackle on there and fish that upstream very gently right along the bank you'll take half of these fish on the dry fly and about half on the nymph but those three flies that are hatching in april 
are really what make this probably my favorite stream, my favorite time of the year, and also the time of the year for most serious trout fishermen, because you are really loaded with hatching flies. Now, let me talk just a minute about the awkward situation we've got with some of the streams closed and some of the access roads. Before I would head to the stream, I would roll up the uh, website for the Shenandoah National Park, see which streams are closed and which roads are closed and all that. I can tell you right now, we just checked them a minute ago, and all of that drainage around White Oak, White Oak, the Hughes, Cedar Run, Broken Back, which they don't call it that on the map, but that's what you and I call it. That whole section is closed. So before you drive two hours to get to a stream, try to make sure the stream is open, the access to the stream is open. We'll help you all we can. But now we're going to be closed on Sunday and Monday because I'm going fishing myself. But try to roll that website up and make sure the area you want to fish is open. Now, I wouldn't sweat a favorite stream. We'll say White Oak. I just got off the phone with a boy that wants to come up and fish White Oak. And I said, there, everything is closed around it. You can't get to it. Now, that's no big problem because I just got my book off the shelf, Trout Fishing the Shenandoah National Park, and counted in there. I've got 28 different trout streams listed in through there. And most of them are outstanding. And in addition to the 28 name stream, uh, there are branches and feeders off all of these. So don't get bent out of shape because maybe you can't get to your favorite stream. Because with 28 streams up there and feeders into all of them, which I'm going to be on some of those in the next couple of days. But with those streams open, there's more fishing in there that we're ever going to get done. But you should determine which ones are closed so you don't go on a wild goose chase. Okay, let's look at a smallmouth bass. Now, this can be a superb time of the year to fish for smallmouth bass. They want to feed. They are, and then there are a lot of mental life, mental life in the stream. But they want to feed, but however, they don't want to fight a real heavy current. They move into what I call bank, B-A-N-K, bank bays. Now, what I'm calling a bank bay is a section along the stream bank where floodwaters over the last five years or more have actually cut out a stretch back into the bank. Now, sometimes this bank bay will reach back in there five or maybe once in a while as much as 10 feet. All right, so you've carved a, an area out of the bank. This may be anywhere from five to 20 feet long going down the bank. So you've got a long section in there, protected water. You're, you're back out of the heavy flow and the bass can feed easily. This can range from say two feet up to about five or six feet. Those bass are back in there. They're not out in the heavy riffles. Well, let's say most of them are not out in the heavy riffles. But a lot of the big ones are back in these bank bays. The way I fish that is set myself up. I prefer to wade this. If I'm in a boat, I'll beach the boat and get out and wade it unless it's too deep. I'll position myself 30 feet out in the stream from where the outer edge of this bank bay is. Then I will fan my cast 
all over the place back in that bank bay, un- shooting all the way back to the back end of it, and swim my flies out of there because this there are a lot of big fish in here doing this. And a bank bay that's, say, 20 feet long, well, I'll, fish at, I'll spend at least a half hour on them. Now, my favorite streams uh, flies back in there is the Murray's Magnum Creek Chub and the Murray's Magnum Hogsucker. These are big flies tied on a long shank, size 4 hook. These are big flies after big fish. And pick your pick, cover the whole area back in there. Don't be in a big hurry. I finish one. If I'm in my boat, I'll, I'll pull the anchor, drift on downstream till I see another bank bay, drop that anchor, and then systematically cover that whole area with cast after cast after cast. This is a lot of fun, and it's probably the most effective way I know at this time of the year to catch the big bass. All right, if you have any questions on any of this, just give me a ring at the fly shop here in Edinburgh. It's 540-984-4212. Harry Murray at Murray's Fly Shop, Edinburgh, Virginia. Thank you very much.